do. So another thing to go along with being intentional is saying what you're going to do to your child, letting her know like, hey, today we're going to do this, mm-hmm. right? And if you're not able to do that, don't just go to bed and don't say anything. You want to recognize that you didn't make the time mm-hmm. and make a plan moving forward what you're going to do. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't like apologizing. I don't like doing that. I'd rather just do what I say I'm going to do. You are listening to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talk the real behind the scenes of mommyhood and business through the eyes and experiences of other moms in business. First, we are moms, yes, but we are also women, bosses, and humans. Here we support moms on being confident, authentic, and most of all, unapologetic to who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our identity isn't tied to just being a mom because we are so much more. Welcome to the mommyhood. This episode is brought to you by Growing in Love Together, a military mother's 90-day guide to a greater connection with her daughter. Get your copy at www.growinginlovetogether.com and remove the U in guilt and G-I-L-T. Grow in love together. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talk mommyhood and business unapologetically, embracing who we are as not just a mom, but as a human, because mommyhood is real. It's not all the giggles and cuddles you see all over the internet. Sometimes the ish hits the fan, and sometimes we mean literally. So we have our breakdown, Ugly Cries too. Now, again, welcome to the mommyhood. This month is the month of self-love. I know all about the love of other people, but we're going to focus a lot on self-love. So today's topic takes us back to how we view ourselves and traditionally and generationally how we've interacted with our mothers as daughters and their mothers and the continuance into the next generation. This is one of those unspoken conversations between the adult mother and the adult daughter, but it's also one of those conversations where we begin to second guess ourselves and our parenting while we're trying to figure out how to grow that bond between a mother and a daughter. So today we have with us author of Growing in Love Together, a military mother's 90-day guide to a greater connection with her daughter, host of the Growing in Love podcast and motivational speaker, eight years active military, 10 years veteran, Sharice Freeman. Let's welcome Sharice. You know, you know technology, but it's okay. It's okay. And in case you guys didn't hear, I want to make sure you know, as I was switching over, that she helps military moms to reconnect and have deeper relationships with their daughters. So again, let's welcome Sharice. (laughs) Hey, Sharice, how are you doing? I'm good, Kamisha. How are you doing? I am great, and I am so excited to talk to you about this topic because this is that like taboo type of topic that mothers and daughters, when they're adults, they don't really go back and talk about it, you know, but there's always these questions and these thoughts in our minds of what are we doing? What if, am I being like my mom? You know, those type of conversations, right? So I really want to talk about this because I think it's really important when we talk about 
connecting and growing the relationship between a mother and a daughter. Yes, yes, I so agree with that. It's yes, such a so, taboo topic. <laughs> so we, um, one of the, the first things that I want to bring up. So as I was reading, um, and in your intro in the beginning, you talk about something that a, I hear a lot of women say and um, having a better relationship with your daughter than what you had with your mother, you know, to have something different. I've seen that and heard that so much. So I really want you to start there. I want you to take it back to that mother-daughter relationship and what was it that you wanted to do different? Like, what was that connection like for you? With my mom, um, I wasn't heard. I experienced um, uh, child molestation when I was young and my mom took my uncle's side. And um, as I got older, um, we still had to talk to him. We still had to communicate with him. And mm. I questioned why we have to do that. I don't want to talk to him. Why do I need to? And I wasn't heard. I was basically shut down and said, well, this is what we're doing. Mm. And anything that I had a conversation with her about, I, I wasn't heard. Anything that I said, anytime I got in trouble or I just tried to express to her, I wasn't heard. And then um, she accused me of a bunch of things and I, my side was never heard. And so that, I think that was the biggest thing for me is not being heard with, from my mom. And with, with this all going on and you not being heard, did that, like at what age did it start and carry on? Did it continue on? like indefinitely, or was there a point where you were ever able to turn that relationship around and have any trust in your mom? Um, I thought it was going the down that path of reconnection. When I got older, I went into the military. Um, I was coming back and like seeing her and when I, when I went to Korea, I went to Korea, that was my first base. And when I was there, I um, had to, I tried to have conversations with her. It, it didn't really work, but I just thought it's because I'm here and not there. So I ended up getting pregnant. Um, I was sexually assaulted and got pregnant. So I didn't have any other family to turn to at the time, um, to my knowledge, because my mom, kept us pretty sheltered and we barely got to talk to our cousins. So um, I only had her to go back to and she was still communicating with my uncle and everything. And I just didn't have anybody else to turn to. So I figured, okay, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be a good grandma at least, you know, and we can bond that way. And people say, you know, the birth of a child brings people together. So I was like really excited about that. And that path was only about money because I, mm. it seemed that I had a lot of money being in the military and that is not true for anybody who thinks that, um, that I had a lot of money and I was doing all these things. And um, she, it still was all about my uncle, no matter what I did, no matter what I said. 
And because of what happened to me, I wanted to not have my daughter around that situation. Myself and my daughter from the situation and from there, the relationship became more and more strained. And up until about uh, maybe three, three years ago, she came to a mother-daughter event that I was um, putting on. I asked her to come and it was a paint, uh, a paint day. And we, um, we seemed to be bonding there. And then afterward, she had gotten in contact with my uncle and her whole demeanor changed. Everything was just different. And she left here we were just back in the same place again. So, um, I, I, that was the last time that I truly tried to connect with her. And now I just know it's just something that's not in the cards for me. What I was just saying <laughs> is I heard you say that she was connecting, she reconnected with your uncle and then things changed. Was this at the event or was this just during the time you guys started to reconnect? She has always been connected to him and has never like severed that connection ever. And while she was here and getting ready to leave, she called him or he called her and that's when everything changed. Okay, so it was just an, an ongoing um, where you were reconnecting and then it was just done. Like, and you found that it was just something that you couldn't do. Yes. Okay. So, um, as this was happening and I, you know, I was reading, <laughs> um, as this was happening and you're saying like, you have a child now, was that your daughter? Mm-hmm. Yes. And with your daughter, um, I read that you were, deployed and you were going back and forth in deployment. And so you found that you were having a hard time connecting with her. And as you were trying to connect with her, you um, kind of felt that it wasn't good enough because you didn't know much about her. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? The, the on and off again of how long you're gone. And then when you return, um, how long does it take you to reconnect again? So I would leave for maybe hmm, four to six months at a time. And um, the first time I left, it was for four months and she was about one in a couple months. I got back in time for her second birthday. Mm -hmm. And when I left, there wasn't really a whole lot of, you know, there wasn't Skype and all that stuff in 2000 seven there was a, there, it was there but just not as much and so um i only talked from the phone a little bit and a lot of times it wasn't about me it was about what my mom needed me to send her like money or things and so i would talk to her but just not very often and when i got back i was like oh you know i I mean, I, I feel like I grew up a lot in that first deployment that I had and there were things going off and blowing up and I'm just like, I want to go back home. You know, I want to hug my child that, and she was not the last person that I saw before I left. And so that was part of my guilt too. 
And so when I did come back and I tried to reconnect with her, she's like screamed bloody murder. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, because my mom dropped her off to me and then left and she was just crying. I tried to like give her things. I tried to say, hey, you know, try and talk to her. She was just screaming and screaming and screaming. And I was just like, go, go ahead. You want to, she kept saying, I want, I want grandma. And so I told her, go ahead and go. And I just opened the door and let her, and she walked only like a few feet. She was only about to be two. So she didn't go very far. She just went out there on the porch and just kind of just cried. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So then I bring her back in the house or it was a hotel room I was staying in when I got back. My mom, I said, I don't know what to do with her. She's just screaming and crying. What do I do? And my mom said, you know, just hold her. And I'm like, okay, but she's not letting me hold her. You know, she's crying. So I, I did hold her. And while I held her, I cried. And she eventually calmed down and we both, you know, were fine. And when I tell you, even now thinking about it, that was one of the worst feelings because I couldn't console her. I left her and I came back excited to reconnect with her and she was not trying to connect with me. So I was like, oh my gosh, I never want to feel that anymore. So the next time I just shut off my emotions, period. When I left, I shut them off. When I came back, I didn't turn them back on because of the pain. And it, it to me, I feel like it takes 60 days 90 days to fully reintegrate with your family after coming back from wherever and not being around them for so long. And so that's, that's the part that pained me. So, um, when I went the third time, well, well, no fourth time, (laughs) that was the last time that I was deployed. And, um, it, I just knew I just knew then that I wanted to get out because I I really wanted to build a stronger relationship with her. And by me leaving, coming back, shutting on the emotions, shutting them back off again, and for me not shutting them back on was just not, not, I knew it wasn't going to do it. So as you're leaving and coming back, you're saying you're leaving, you're gone for four to six months, you're coming back, you're trying to reconnect. It takes 60 to 90 days to actually reintegrate with your family. How long were you home before you were deployed again? Um, about maybe it just depends. Um, usually about a year ish, a year and a half, something like that. Okay. So you were there for a while and then you were gone, but you're also gone for almost half a year and then you're coming back. Okay. So that makes sense because you're like constantly in and out. So it's hard to, you know, have that bond and hard for her growing. She's like young and growing and it'll, it's hard for her to be able to say, okay, this is a constant in my life. Like she's going to be here because you're there and then you're gone. So being able mm-hmm. to make that, um, trust connection. Okay. Yes, so, for sure. um, one of the things, um, before we kind of, uh, move into a different part of the conversation that I want to ask you about, you know, so I perused your Instagram. That's what I do. I go (laughs) and I look at things. (laughs) So in perusing your Instagram, because I think this goes along with um, the beginning of what we were talking about, of how 
you everyone wants to say I want to do better than my mom you know what I mean like me yeah. and my mom didn't have this really great relationship I want to be better than that with my daughter and you had something that said the signs that you're projecting your fears onto your daughter right so mm -hmm. what are some of those signs that people can look for that they're projecting their fears onto their daughter um it's when you're saying things that are like i didn't i didn't have this when i grew when i was growing up i didn't do that we didn't do this and um also like um saying you want to be better than your mom was or you want to have a better relationship that i think is the biggest um fear and because you want to operate from a place that's better than someone that is not yourself so that's where i think like a lot of that is and when you're just not uh when it's when you already think the worst you know then that's where that that fear is as well yeah and what you just said are things that we do without even thinking about it too like we're not thinking about when we say it we're not thinking about it oh when I was growing up, we didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, when I was growing up, we sat down, we listened, you know, especially depending on where you grew up. Um, like I grew up in the South, like it was you hear what I'm saying to you and that's it. Like no back talk. You do exactly what I say when I say do it. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So it was like that. So um, when you start thinking about the things that you went through, um, as a daughter, right? And then projecting onto your daughter in a way that you don't even know you're projecting it because yeah. it's just something that you don't think about. You're just talking, right? You're just saying things and not realizing that you're bringing back up what you went through instead of working on your actual relationship with your daughter. Mm -hmm. Man, so that that's good right there because when you said it, I'm like, wait a minute, like, really because i hear stuff like that all the time and i've heard it um when i worked with kids i heard that a lot um when i was growing up we didn't talk back to our parents you know what i mean like when when i was mm -hmm. growing up when my mom said like you know what i mean like you hear that like even out in the world you hear that um i'm glad i haven't found myself saying those things <laughs> you know what i mean you mm -hmm. um, i'm you know, but it's just that you don't think about it. So I, I like um, that you were able to explain that. Um, one of the other yeah. things that um, I wanted to ask, and you kind of explained it when you said you were gone for long periods of time. And when you came mm -hmm. back, it was hard to reconnect. And you had like, it was an emotional time for you. And I bet you it was emotional for your daughter as well, because she's, you know, developing and she doesn't understand completely what's going on. So do you think I, the disconnect happened at the very beginning or you think, think the disconnect happened over time? The disconnect happened truthfully in the womb when she was in the womb because how she was conceived. And mm -hmm. I immediately was so upset about how that happened. I punched my stomach. I was just like, oh no. And I had plans to have an abortion. So I was already disconnected from her emotionally. So anytime that something 
came up like when I came back from deployment and she did that, it was like, oh, so now you don't want me after I kept you. So that's where I was operating from. Okay, so there there was already an emotional disconnection. And so when you came back and you felt those emotions that you were going through, there was already another set of emotions that stemmed from before she was born. Yes. So in reconnecting and then the disconnect between you and her, where do you think her disconnection, at what point she became disconnected from you? Because you said you didn't leave until she was about one and a half years old. Mm -hmm. You didn't start leaving yet. Yeah. So that came, um, I think maybe the second time I deployed. Um, I, before I deployed, I didn't, um, she again was not the last person I was thinking about talking to before I left any of that. And I basically just left her and I can say, I am not proud of how I left things, but she was having breathing problems. Um, she had a, she has asthma. So she was having breathing problems before I left. I didn't really leave full instructions. I just said, you know, here, take her. I'm, I have to go. And so I think from that point is when the disconnect started because for her, because the, my, um, the caregiver that she was with took her to the hospital, you know, cared for her a lot. And that was way different from what I was doing. And she was about five, I think, at that time. Yeah, five. <laughs> okay. So at five, um, when you said that you had to call the caregivers to find out the things that she liked, her favorite things, um, at that point, what were you thinking? Because your daughter's five years old and you don't really know much about her. You have to ask somebody else so that you can actually you know, begin to start connecting with her. Um, what, what came up for you with that? Ooh, I felt all kind of shame and I, I just, I was so lost as to how come I didn't know. And I was tired of blaming it on the military. Cause I always say to myself, if I'm, I'm complaining, and and blaming things or whatever my situation is i need to change my situation so i felt all kinds of shame around not knowing her um uh the things that she liked or anything and it, it was a it was a tough tough realization it was really tough when you you're saying it was, you're saying that it was tough for you so when you felt that, like when that started coming up for you and coming up for you even more, at what point did you say, okay, I need to do something about this? Like, when did that come up for you? When I was on the phone and um, the caregiver asked me, oh yeah, so what's her favorite food so I can go buy it? And I was like, I don't know, because I have to call someone else mm -hmm. and find out what that is. Mm -hmm. And me having to say that, first of all, and then call someone else it and i'm her mother like i don't know the basics 
I'm her mom. And these other people who see her more hours of the day, and not just because of work, because I wanted to go out and do things because I wanted to like hang out a little bit after work and not, not be around her, not connect with her. It was painful even without being on deployment to actually be connected with her all the time. And so, cause I figured if I'm not connected with her as much, then when I leave, I won't be as sad and heartbroken. So yeah, it was, it was, it was really tough, tough, really tough. Yeah, it's, it sounds tough because the, the consistency of leaving and coming back and then the also knowing what's coming when you get back, you know what I mean? Like, you know what's going to happen because it's happened every single time. So just those feelings inside of you, um, when, when you got to that point and you knew and you said, Hey, like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to be here. I need to start building this relationship. At what age was she at, um, at that time? And, um, how did you go about saying like, I'm done with this for now because I need to, I need to be here for her. I, um, she was five and she would be six that year and she would turn six right around the time that I was getting out, like almost to the very day. And, um, I didn't tell anyone I was leaving until about a week before. Cause you kind of have to at that point. <laughs> so I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to try and talk me out of it. I, um, I'm a person that once I think through things and I feel something so strong, I'm not going back on what I, what I said. And, um, someone, you know, they told me, Hey, you know, you want to stay in because you have medical and why would you do that? You know, your daughter has asthma and yeah, I was terrified. I'm like, what do I do if she, you know, cause I don't know what resources are out there. I joined the military after high school. So. I didn't know what I was getting myself into fully, but I knew that I wanted better. So I was like, well, I'll just figure it out. And they told me, well, at least, you know, join the reserves so that you have like a soft transition. And which I did, I joined the reserves and I was in it for a few years. And, um, that, that was okay. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like great. You know, I didn't have to do anything big. I didn't have to deploy or anything. So that was great for me. And, um, yeah, I went to school and all of that. And that's just, yeah, that's my, that's my journey. That's how I got out. I just didn't tell anybody until the end. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good to not tell anybody because then people won't try to sway your thoughts. Right. So just being able to say, okay, I'm doing this and I'm going to do it without anybody's input <laughs> because you had your mind set on, like, I need to rebuild this relationship with my daughter. So it makes perfect sense. Um, sometimes people talk too much. You tell people stuff and they kill your dreams, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so it was good that you didn't say anything. So um, one of the things that um, I really want to get into as we're talking with Sharice is I want to get into... Um, your 90 day guide. I really want to get into um, how it came about and what that's for, but in one quick second. So we had to take a quick commercial break so I could tell you about this really great book that Sharice has out. 
So when she saw that during her return from deployment, she had to reconnect with her daughter and there was little to no connection and it was very emotional, she knew that she had to take action and do something. So she actively sought out a solution, which birthed her 90 day guide for military moms to reconnect with her daughter. Let me bring it up here because I want you guys to go on over and grab it. So it's called Growing in Love Together, a military mother's 90 day guide to a greater connection with her daughter. And you can find her on Instagram and find the book on Instagram at Growing in Love Together. You can also go directly to the website at www.growinginlovetogether.com and grab this guide. It has some really good goodness in there. And when I saw the prompts and the simplicity of things we don't really think about, I was like, these things can be done in five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, where you're taking that time to reconnect with your daughter in a meaningful way. So I'm about to head back over and talk to Sharice because we need to go ahead and hop into the goodness of this book and how to connect, reconnect, or enhance your relationship with your daughter as a mother. So Sharice, I am back and I am so ready to go ahead and dig into this guide for moms. And I know that you do um, the reconnection with military moms, but any mom can move this, like any mom can use this book. Like any mom could spend 90 days connecting with her daughter to better her relationship. Yes. So um, let's, let's hop right into it. So when I saw it, one of the thing, first things that set, stood out to me, and um, I had a podcast a few weeks ago about this, using the five love languages with your child, speaking your child's love language. And you come back again in your book and you talk about the five love languages and how to connect with your daughter with the love languages, right? And I was excited mm -hmm. because I'm like, look, we just did this and I've been working on this. And so um, let's talk a little bit about that. Why the five love languages and why did you incorporate it into your book? Well, when my daughter was seven, <clears throat> I had um, I had my son already and she was seven and at school, mm -hmm. they... Um, let me know that she had expressed that she wanted to harm herself. And at that point, she also said how she was going to do it. So she ended up being in like a facility for a week. And during that time, I was like, okay, I got to fix something at home before I bring her back home. So I went to parenting classes, counseling, and I set up counseling for her and I set up counseling for us. And when I did that during the parenting class that I took, they talked about the five love languages and how our children receive love in different ways. And they can receive love in all the ways, but some are more important to them than others at different stages in their life. And so I had her take uh, the quiz and to find out which one was her top love language. And hers was physical touch. And my heart broke into like a thousand pieces because I, up until that point, had spanked her for things and and grabbed her and put her over here and things like that, not knowing that that was translating that I didn't love her because mm -hmm. of the way that I did 
present the touch. So I started to do things that I was like, okay, because I'm not a physical touch person. Like I said, I went through a lot of trauma during childhood and even in adulthood. So I didn't do a lot of anything, the hugging and all that past like three years old, four years old. I wasn't doing that. So it was very uncomfortable. And I would kind of like cringe if she wanted to like lay on me and things like that. And I endured that because I wanted her to know that I loved her. And I wanted her to know in her language, not just me feeding her, giving her a roof, things like that. I wanted her to know it in her love language. So I did things like giving her a high five and letting her lay on me so that I knew that, that she knew that I loved her. So I, people, I began to tell people my story and then I brought it to my own podcast, Growing in Love Together. And people were just, their lives were transformed. Their relationships were transformed when it came to their um, daughters. So I was like, I got to figure out how to get this to more people, you know, and the best way that I can explain it where somebody can take this for themselves and use it over and over again without having to call me, right? You have a guide here and that's an easy way to do that. So I put it in the guide along with a little story of how it came to be. And I incorporated the love languages because they are very, very important. They are a very important piece to understanding our daughters and connecting with them on a deeper level than just food, home, and, and clothes, you know? So that's why I incorporated the love languages so it can penetrate the heart and not just the external things. Right. And I actually love what you just said, because when I really started to pay attention to the love languages and I thought about applying in my whole, whole house to everybody um, and to build all the relationships. But one of those relationships um, in having two small kids and when you talk about physical touch, my toddler, her love language is physical touch. But I feel like I always have the baby she's around everybody's around everybody want to touch me all the time <laughs> like touch, mm -hmm. touch 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 right and i'm not a physical yeah. touch person my love language is quality time right acts of service mm -hmm. like those those mm -hmm. two things really like the other stuff i'd be like eh, whatever but those two things really um reach out to me so with the touch i had to learn to like really like embrace you know what i mean and really like high yeah. fives like you know simple yeah. stuff until i worked up to the part where it was like more hugs and more like come on over yeah. here type things because i didn't have that physical touch to growing up like i did from like maybe like my grandmother or something but you know that's mm -hmm. that's like the thing like the grandmas they like yeah oh, give me a, like stuff like that but in my home yeah like I didn't have physical touch. So it wasn't something that I myself, you know, thought about um, when I had the children, right? I didn't think about physical touch. You know, I thought about what you said, mm -hmm. clothing, edu uh, education was big for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> education was a big thing for me growing up. So education was big to me. Um, clothing, food, shelter, clean, you know, those things. But I didn't think about 
how do they interpret love and what do they need, right? And then when we had the podcast a few weeks back when we talked about it, I really started trying to um, incorporate it. So when you found out that your daughter's was physical touch and yours wasn't, how hard was that to start integrating that into your relationship? Like, I know you had a progression of, you know, small touch to larger touches, but how was it? Like, what was the emotion behind it? What was the process behind it to be able to go from that small touch to finally, you know, having like what would be norm, right, for the physical touch? Yeah, so um, I first started off with us having a conversation in the library, in the public library. So I laid it all out there for her. I let her know, hey, I wasn't taught this. I realize now that your top love language is physical touch. And I don't know how to do that because past five years old, my mom didn't give that. And so I let her know, I, I asked her, you know, to forgive me and just understand that I'm working on this and I'm not perfect. And what can we do to move forward? And that was very, that was very important that I moved forward with her because prior to us, um, getting to this space, I was concerned like, oh, you know, I'm connecting with her and I'm taking her places and we're doing things. And at this stage, when I'm apologizing and letting her know and saying, how can we move forward? This is us together, not me, not me feeling guilty for what I didn't do for all the time I was in the military, none of that. It was just, how can we start from here and move forward together? And when I let that out, that this is going to be difficult for me, children are so forgiving and my daughter was so forgiving and she was so understanding in that journey so as we moved through things and i would spend time with her she um as after a while you know she got more comfortable and felt like she could actually lay her head on me so i didn't jump right into it because when i tell you that there was just like this I just wanted to curdle up, you know, like when she wanted to like do anything, hug me. And I just, I did, I didn't, it really was a cringing thing for me. And I was just determined not to feel the cringing feeling. So I told myself, okay, you're just going to have to push through the uncomfortable. You're going to just have to push through the uncomfortable. And just something as simple as her laying her head on my shoulder had me cringe. And I would tell myself, relax, relax. You love her. You're giving her healthy family love. Cause I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know at all because of how I grew up. So I just told myself, this is healthy family love. And I would eventually relax my shoulders. And pretty soon I would kind of like forget that she was there you know so it wasn't it wasn't so much at the forefront of my mind i was able to watch the show we were watching and just chill so um yeah that's how i that was my journey with it and i like that it was a progression and you had 
to say I put I had to push through because I needed to be uncomfortable. I'm the adult. I need to do that for her. You know what I mean? And you point that out in your book, right? That you're the adult and you're mm-hmm. the one that should be uncomfortable and you're the one that needs to endure so that the relationship can grow. And I saw something the other day. I don't remember where I saw it. And they talked um, specifically about that, where we are the adult. So we can't expect them to be the one to change. They're still growing mm-hmm. into who they're going to become. They're still learning. So we're the ones who have to make the changes. And we have to realize that because most of the time as adults, they see kids as what? kids right so they're the Mm -hmm. kids they need to listen to me they need to do what i say do they need to not have their own opinions i make all of the choices decisions opinions it's all me 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 when in reality they're like little people too they're little humans and they're forming their own ideas and by you consistently putting what you think what they should do on them they are looking at you in a manner that you don't know they're looking at you because you're like, well, Mm -hmm. I love you and I'm telling you these things because I love you, but they're not feeling that love. They're feeling the total opposite. And sometimes as parents, you don't even realize that. You don't realize that you are doing some damage and you're doing damage Mm -hmm. to your relationship because they're wondering, hey, can I trust you right now in this moment? Or hey, should I withdraw? Or they're growing other relationships with other people besides you. And so I like that you said, hey, you're the adult, right? So you have to make those sacrifices. You have to make those changes. So what are a couple of ways that um, a mother to, you know, connect, make that um, mother-daughter relationship start to grow? What are some of the things that they can look at within themselves and say, hey, I need to change this. Like, this needs to be on me. It's not on them. It's really recognizing where you're at. And we are the leaders for our children. So they're going to follow what we do. And if we are expecting them to connect with us, then they're going to expect you to connect with them. So really looking at where you're at emotionally, I had a lot of trauma that I had to work through and I still work through and realizing like, okay, so why don't I like physical touch? Why is it such a cringe thing for me? Mm -hmm. And when I realized, okay, it's because of what happened in my childhood, I was able to move forward in a, a better manner. And when we really sit and sit with those things it really helps us move through it really does because you become more aware having that awareness is where i say it's just like start that's the that's the starting point for sure Mm. i like that you said awareness (laughs) because if you're not aware nothing else can happen right like the first thing you have to do is be aware of something and When we talk about awareness, now that you bring the word up, so when you're talking about awareness and how you get to awareness, right? Because some people Mm -hmm. will deny, 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 deny to the point where they can't even become aware because they can't see anything wrong because they're so used to deny, 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 like that's not happening. That didn't happen. This is what's really happening. 
that it really they really start to believe that right so what are some ways that um the moms can really like sit down and evaluate what are a couple of things they can evaluate to see if they are aware or if things are happening that they don't notice is happening because they don't recognize it Hey, so I'm interrupting this video to tell you about this really amazing community where moms are supporting moms in a really genuine way to be a support system in not only your, only your life, but in both your home and in your business. What's better than being with a group of like-minded women who really care about you and your success? We're talking personal development, business development, co-working, networking, and just support where we meet you where you are. We get and we got you. Check out the Thrive After Nine tribe at www.thriveafternine.com. Now, back to the episode. Um, I would say, like, uh, looking over your day, what you did to connect, how you interacted with your child. Were you on your phone and said, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, but never got back to mm. like really thinking about where you were in that moment, why you didn't pause. Why was that moment not important enough to pause and then make a choice the next day to own up to the fact that, Hey, I didn't put down my phone when you asked me something the other day. Did you want to ask me that today mm. and just own that and, and really that, really sitting with your day at the end of the day, whether it's journaling or just thinking, you know, moms, we always be thinking about something. So um, it just reevaluating what happened throughout the day and really noticing those things and being conscious of it and then changing it the next day and making a conscious effort to be your best self the next day. And eventually you'll get to a space where you'll, you will evaluate yourself in the moment. You know, when you know, like you do sometime when you like go off completely and you're just like, oh, okay, well, you know, you know, it wasn't probably the best decision to go off like that, but other things will be, you'll become more aware of like holding your phone and even now my son, sometime he'll talk to me and I'm like on my phone and he, he'll say, did you hear me? And I'm like, what? And I, I'm like, okay, Sharice, no, you can't, you have to answer him differently, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that in that moment, I can see that and feel that. So before though, with my daughter, I would, it would take me till the end of the day to realize, cause I was so on the go and everything is my way. You know, you do this, that's it. We just keep moving. And I would say, okay, what did I do today? How did I show her that I loved her? Like, how did I show her in her love language that I loved her? And like you, mine is acts of service and quality time. So I, all the other ones are way out there for me. <laughs> I like that. And one of the things that you said, you know, about being present in the moment, because sometimes we get so into what we're doing that when they're trying to say something, when they're trying to do it, we, we quiet them because we're like, just hold on. And then we don't ever get back to it because we forget, because you got to think about all the things that are going on throughout the day. And um, part of that, that I really want to incorporate is um, a time where there is no electronics. Mm hmm. I look away. 
a time where there are no electronics and it's just connection time, right? So yes, um, I really want to incorporate that. I haven't gotten to it yet. So a couple of other things we're trying to incorporate is having some um, like things that we do together in the evening to kind of like bring the time down, like doing yoga together as a family or doing meditation together as a family, you know, to just kind of quiet the day, like on alternating days. And I think that time of not having any electronics, shutting them off, putting them in a box. And even if it's just 10, 15 minutes to just sit there and play together, like, you know what I mean? Because it's so, so easy to get caught up in what you're doing and you quiet them and you quiet them yes. and you quiet them and it'll get to a point you're quieting them so much that hey where are they why haven't they exactly. come and said anything why are they not talking to me anymore and that's as they age yeah. right so mm-hmm. um setting setting the relationship up for failure so i am so enjoying this conversation And uh, one of the things um, that I want to ask you before we talk more into the book is um, when you talked about the um, test, do you do you have the name of the test that the mothers can um, have with their Um, daughters? It's a love language quiz and you can just um, Google it. And it's it's by Gary Chapman. So um, you'll just Google uh, love language quiz. And I think it's on the five love languages.com. But the five is a number five. Okay. So Gary Chapman, you guys Google Gary Chapman, five love languages quiz, have your child take it so that you can find out what their love language is. Because the sooner you start communicating them, communicating with them in a way that feels good to them and understanding them and who they are, you will definitely be able to start connecting or reconnecting and or enhancing your relationship. Like you might have a good relationship, but why not have a phenomenal relationship? You know what I mean? Right. Why not keep improving the relationship? So in your book, in your book, you have a part that um, says that you made a commitment to yourself. And so you wrote it down and there's a space in the book for um, everyone to write their own commitment. Do you mind if I read what your commitment is? Oh, no, I don't mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. and. (laughs) So um, the commitment inside of her book that she says she'll make to herself is that she will connect daily. I will be a better person than I was yesterday. I will push past the uncomfortable. I will show her love unconditionally. And this is the commitment that she wrote um, for her daughter with connecting. And after hearing hers, what I would like you to do, Sharice, is I would like you to tell the moms... Um, as they're writing their commitment or making their commitment, what are some ways or some things that they should think about adding into their commitment? Um, Like for me, pushing past the uncomfortable was one of the hardest things. Um, So I say do something that's like easy to do that you can fulfill that commitment something that's like in a medium level of easy and then a more harder level so oh okay okay there you go um i was saying to um when you're uh, making that commitment choose something that's easy and then something that's not so easy and then something that's a little bit harder maybe very hard um and connecting daily i didn't see that being hard because 
I can do something in five minutes or give a high five or something like that. And then pushing past the uncomfortable was very hard for me. And knowing that, you know, she um, wanted physical touch was one of the things that I was like, okay, this is going to be a hard one, but I'm going to make sure that I push past that uh, uncomfortable space. So yeah, just choose, I would say three things to um, commit to. Okay, so that that's great. Um, something easy, something a little harder, something harder than that, right? And challenge yourself, challenge yourself so that when you're making a commitment to her, you're also making a commitment to you, you know, because mm -hmm. it, it's really important to commit to yourself as well. I love that. And so some of these things that I saw in the book as I was scrolling for... Um, the actual tasks themselves they were so simple and in my mind i was like why didn't i think of that you know what i mean and i feel like we're just going through the day and we're not really like thinking we're not taking the time to um just be still and be quiet and think and find simple solutions to things because it's so much noise out there and we have so much noise happening so i just want to um, say so a couple of these things. So I'm not going to go through all of them because I ain't going to tell y'all the stuff, but I'm just telling you what it is anyway. She gives y'all a little bit of um, the how of doing it and the love language that it corresponds to. I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you a little bit. So one of the things that I saw, well, a couple of things, you know, make her bed for her. I was like, what? That's something so simple. And I was like, what? <laughs> because... You know, you're just moving through the day, so you're not really kind of incorporating them or doing anything. You're just kind of like, oh, getting things done, oop, getting things done. You know what I mean? And to say, make her bed for her and um, just letting her know, like, right? You said, let her know, like, hey, I'm going to make, I'm gonna make mm -hmm. your bed for you. You right? So when you were coming up with this and... The next one that I'm just going to say the first two, the next one is help her pick up her toys, right? I was like, what? Because we're probably like, you put the toys down there. You pick the toys up when you're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you did that, not me. But, you know, mm -hmm. helping her pick up her toys. So these things that um, you're saying to do, they're so simple. So when you sat down to write the guide, where did the simplicity come from and what was your mindset in writing the guide in a way where it's like, okay, it's not going to be too hard to do these things. It's going to be really simple, but it's going to also bring that connection. Yeah. I love simplicity. I love systems. I love things that I can just get done in, in a short amount of time. Just oh, okay. So um, I like things that are simple. I love to um, have a system. So I wanted to translate something to moms that are busy, you know, like military moms, they're busy. And I, what was I like then? I, I worked like 16 hours a day, only saw my daughter for like two or three hours because she went to school where, how can I translate that you can do something so fast and still connect on a deep level? So along with simplicity, I thought, what are things that you can do to incorporate 
her at the same time, like make her bed for her really you're not you're not really having her do anything but you're letting her know you're going to make her bet so you're involving her in your in the connection and um i wanted it to tie to love languages at the same time as well and let them know what each thing was connected to so that you know exactly like if if it's a physical touch thing, you know, okay, this is something that's really going to light her up. And maybe you want to be more committed on that day or do more when it comes to what her love language is. And you'll also understand why she responds differently for this and versus that. If it's something with physical touch and she loves physical touch, she may light up differently. If it's making a bed and she's not really into it, she just might say, Okay, thank you. And understanding that she's not going to jump all up and have a party because you did that. But you did speak to a love language, which they we need all of them. It's just we love ones more than the other. So just that's what my thought process was when thinking about how I was writing it and putting it together. And I also had a connection tip to add some extra to it. Um, when it came to your connection, if you make her bed, then let her know you make it. So that's, that just adds another layer to the connection for you. I really like that because when I'm thinking about it and you're thinking about even with smaller children, like small things really count to them, right? Like every small thing you do, they're like, oh, thank you. Or okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like. They don't know that it's small. You know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. know yet. And as yeah. they're growing and changing and you're consistently um, where you're being consistent, right? And you're also um, building this um, connection and relationship through these small things that turn into larger things. Um, we're talking about from what age to what age? Like, when should you start incorporating the 90-day guide? Or um, is there an age? No, I say start as soon as possible. My daughter is 16 and loves that I made her bed. So it does not matter. (laughs) She just doesn't express it as much because she's a teen, so she want to seem super cool. But uh, (laughs) it's still speaking to her. I love that so at any age. So what about adult mother-daughter relationship? Do you think these same things or some of the things, like I saw the one on your Instagram that said paint her nails. And I was like, what? I was like, I've been thinking about that. But then the thought passes sometimes and then it comes back, then it passes. But I think having the guide and each day you're actually doing the actions help because you have something tangible in front of you and you're like, okay, this is the task for today or this is the prompt for, this is what I'm gonna do with her. You know what I mean? And like you said, it's like five, 10, 15 minutes. It's not a long time. So um, all age groups and what about the adult mother-daughter relationship? Do you really think that we can go ahead and say, let's pull some things out of this book as well and do with the adult mother-daughter? Yes, because there's even things in there that are like, call her, ask her about her day or, you know, things that we can do. I mean, 
even if you want it to be, you can go to your daughter's house and make her bed. You know, it's not like you can't because she's older, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I love this because some, so the things that you call her, ask her how, what? Like, these are things that some people think about, some people don't. And I feel like it all stems from us just going, 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 going and not taking the time. So I am imploring you guys to grab her guide. I'm about to put it up again because in my mind, I'm like, they need this guide because literally you're just following the prompt each day, like literally. And instead of having to say, okay, what am I going to do today? It's provided for you. And you literally just got it. Okay. Maybe every day at six o'clock, you're going to do it. Like whatever it is, like have a set time to make it even easier. You know what I mean? So it's not sporadic. It's consistent. So let me go ahead. It's called Growing in Love Together, a military mother's 90-day guide to greater connection with her daughter. And even though Sharice works with military moms, this will work for any mother-daughter relationship. You can go and get a copy at www.growinginlovetogether.com. So get yourself over there and get you this guide to start working on the connection and relationship with your daughter. You can also see Sharice at Growing In Love Together on Instagram. And if you're kind of lazy and you don't want to type it in, you could just click the link in her bio and go on over and grab the guide, you know? So I just had to say that again because... I feel like it's taking the guesswork out. It's taking the excuses out. And you can literally follow what you're saying in the guide and start building a better connection. So one of the things that I saw in your guide and I was thinking about it is when you talk about consistency, right? So when you mm -hmm. start this, you don't want to have one day I did it two days I didn't, the next day I did it, a few days I didn't. Like, you don't want to be doing that because you want to build, for one, doing it repetitively, your muscle memory, so that you start to do it on your own without having to look at the guy. And two, you want to, your child to see the consistency and have the trust, right? And if you're off and yes. on, that's definitely not building the relationship. So... Um, being a mom and doing all the things, the hustle and bustle, what do you recommend for them to create the consistency? How do you, how can they actually start to create that consistency when they have all the other things going on? Cause you know, as moms, you do all the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think being intentional about the connection, right? Mm -hmm. We can say, oh, let's watch a movie together. And meanwhile, you're watching it, but you're on your phone and looking at other things and not being intentional about the connection, right? So mm -hmm. like you said, it'll become a muscle memory thing after a while of the 90 day guide, right? And just keeping in mind that, bring that intentionality with it. Don't just say, hey, we're gonna paint nails and you're painting nails and then it's like, okay, cool, you're done. But really take that time that you're slowed down to have a conversation with her at the same time, ask her what color she wants, all that stuff, you know? And I just being intentional about it, whatever it may be, because you are connecting with your daughter all the time, all every day already, 
but it's really the intention behind it. You're always with them, right? You're always with them. So all you have to do is just be intentional with that connection. I love that so much because when you talk about being intentional, a lot of the times we are doing things unintentionally, including damaging the relationship, right? So, yes. and things that we don't realize is creating that distance. Like, cause it's small things, but as children, everything can seem so big because they don't know why mm-hmm. it's happening. They don't understand. So you're creating that distance. So I love that you said being intentional. Um, and I think again, being intentional is going ahead and say, okay, this is the time I'm going to do it every day. <laughs> yes. You know, yes, um, for sure. That could definitely be one of those intentional things for consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what about what can happen with the inconsistencies and in building that trust with the child? So what are some of the things that you've um, noticed along the journey of building relationships? Um, not doing what I say I'm going to do. So another thing to go along with being intentional is saying what you're going to do to your child, letting her know like, Hey, today we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're not able to do that, don't just go to bed and don't say anything. You want to recognize that you didn't make the time Mm -hmm. and make a plan moving forward, what you're going to do. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't like apologizing. I don't like doing that. I'd rather just do what I say I'm going to do. So that creates that intentional connection, right? And kids, they don't be forgetting. They'll remind you. So let them know, hey, today we're going to do this. And like you said, pick a time and let them know that time. Because when you're doing it in your own little bubble, you're not doing it together. Mm. And then you're able to excuse yourself, you know, like, oh, let me just, I'll do that tomorrow. She didn't know anyway. I'm just going to wait. But if you involve her, you have an accountability partner at the same time. So in, in your connections, if you're inconsistent, not having that accountability, that hurts the relationship because now you're not fulfilling what you said you'd do. So, and that speaks volumes to um, children for sure. Yeah. And what I love about that is when you said you don't like to apologize, because I was just thinking when you said that, I was like, most adults are not going to want to admit they were wrong or they did something that um, was not in agreement with the child because remember, you're the child. Right. So Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of parents are not going to and including me sometimes like I might not realize that I said I was going to do something and I didn't. And then I didn't say, oh, I know that I said I was going to do this for you and I didn't get around to it. You know, I apologize for that. We're going to do it at this time. And you know what I mean? So because you feel like you're talking to children, right? Especially when they're younger, you're like, they don't understand that I didn't do it. And I'm now apologizing. They don't know what's going on, but they do. You know, they understand more than we think they do. Even the ones who can't speak yet, like they understand, they just can't vocalize it. They can't communicate it. So I love that you said that because the first thing that came to my mind was like, people are not going to apologize. <laughs> and so what you said though, was, you know, even better so that you don't have to apologize, just do it, you know, just yep. go ahead and do it. And then you don't have to apologize. Right. So I love yes. that. Um, so going through this journey of building 
the relationships and also connecting. I want to ask you about the connection because you and your daughter's love language were completely different um, because she was for physical touch. You were not. What, um, what can you offer to the moms in adapting to their child's love language if they are very different? Meaning that they just, it's something that they are totally uncomfortable with and something they're not used to. What can you offer those moms who they're like, okay, I really want to do this. And, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know when or if I can. I say set a timer, buy a timer, set it. Cause you can do a minute, you can do two minutes, you know, and it may feel like it's very hard in the beginning to do, but set that timer. Or if it's giving her a hug for 20 seconds, count that 20 seconds out. And that's it. That's how you can get whatever you can do to um, push through that piece of it. And the timer was good for me. And also um, doing things that would that felt fun, right? Like, oh, let's play a patty cake game, right? That's mm. fun to me. I love music and we're still touching. So it's not like um, she's not getting that physical touch. So something that, um, that, that she likes to do and I like to do, if you're at the park and she's coming down the slide and you then grab her and say, okay, now go up again. You're giving the physical touch there. Mm. And you know, it's not for very long, right? You don't have to sit there and like hug and do all that. It's it's a quick thing. Even passing her, when you're passing to uh, touch her hair, touch her shoulder, things like that is it's it's only two seconds of your time. Mm -hmm. Two seconds that you're putting that, in, that emotion out there and that love to her. And it means way more than you giving her a hug and holding hands for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> with, um, you know, with trying to do it, there's always going to be positives and negatives. So when we're looking at that, I uh, saw on your Instagram, you had a post, five ways to show your daughter that you're grateful, right? And you mm -hmm. also explain the difference between grateful and thankful. So can you explain that difference here so that moms can understand the difference and a way to incorporate that? Um, I'm not sure of the exact words I used on Instagram, but this is how I feel internally when it comes to those uh, two words. And when you're thankful, you're thankful for something that's being done. And when you're grateful, you're deeply grateful that for that someone that is doing the thing. So it's deeper than just, oh, thank you. When you're grateful, it's, it's, it's a deeper, deeper level. And it has like feelings attached to it. Not just, oh, thanks. If you really say, I'm, if I were to say right now, I'm thankful that I'm on this podcast. It's like, oh, great. Uh-huh. I'm really grateful 
that you have me as a guest on your podcast. It holds a lot more weight than just saying I'm thankful. So that's the difference. I love that. Because when I saw the post, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. That differences, right? Um, and mm-hmm. we're thinking about um, when you put even the five ways were um, m- more simple. I think one of them was like, write her a note. Uh, you know, tell yes. her, like, thank you. Like, it was like some things that were so simple. And I was like, things that you don't even <laughs> think about. And I really, let me, let me pull it up real quick. Cause I'm like, we can do what we want. Not really, but you can. <laughs> because, and the reason I say that is because the things are so simple and we, we don't do simple in life these days. Everything's always yeah. crazy but nothing simple and it and it's like just take the time to breathe stop and be simple so they were writing her a note gift wrap her favorite snack spend some uninterrupted time with her make her breakfast hold her hand or give her a high five i'm like this is simple stuff come on people we can do it <laughs> It is so simple. Like we yes. can really do this and apply it. Um, so we've made it to the point in the podcast where we do a tool and a tip. So what happens is I give a tool and then you give a tip. And um, based on your expertise, you give your tip to the moms. The one thing you would tell them um, today that they can go out and apply your tip. So I'm going to go ahead and give them my tool for the day. And it gives you a couple of seconds to think about what your tip is going to be. All right. So mothers, what I have for you today as a tool is not an actual physical tool, but a thing that you can use in your house to make your life a little easier. And so for me, at first I was skeptical because I was like, wait a minute, every time I do these home orders to the house, it's a miss. But this time it was a hit. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. So I started to order the kids these meals from Nurture Life, organically sourced. They taste good because I tasted them myself. And it's very simple. They come to you shipped right to your door you open your door get the box bring it in open a box when you open a box all the meals are there you get to select how many meals starting at a i think six meals and you get to select the meals right and when you select the meals and they come to you each week guess how they're prepared you pull them out of the fridge you pop little holes in the top and put them in the microwave for one minute or you can put them in the oven if you like if you don't use the microwave It'll take a little bit longer, but (laughs) you can do that. And they have meals, finger foods for your little ones. And then for your toddlers, they have kids meals. And I promise you, I was so skeptical until they got there. And every day I have not had fuss. Anytime I've given it to the toddler who fusses and uh, to all her food until she actually tastes it. But this, she smells it, she looks at it, and she's like gulping it down, right? So nurture life. If you're like, hey, I need to get 
a, a meal delivery service that works for my kids, I promise you this is not like the other ones where the food is always iffy and the kids might be like, are you crazy? So nurture life. And I will put the link down in the description for you to be able to click and go directly there and get um, a $30 credit for your order. All right, so we're headed back over to Sharice and we're ready for your tip. <laughs> okay, um, it's gonna be a twofer, uh, <laughs> but um, it's there is strength in vulnerability. And when in the time that I was being vulnerable with my daughter, it was very strengthening, not only for me, but for our relationship and for her identity. So I really took that and and really embodied vulnerability when it came to connecting with her. It was a scary thing, but it built me up and gave me a lot of strength to get through a lot of things um, along the way in our relationship. And also there is something that I just love to say, and Kamisha said it earlier, is remove the U in guilt and G-I-L-T, grow in love together. When I was out of the military and she said what she said at school, I was feeling so guilty. I'm like, I don't know what I've done. How can I change this? What can I do? And it was just like, I have so much guilt. And it just hit me. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about you two together. And so I just was like, I really need to remove the you in this guilt and G-I-L-T, grow in love together. And that is what I have for you. All right. I love that so much. Vulnerability, remove the guilt, right? So... I want to thank you for coming on today. This was a really great conversation. I think it's a really important topic that mothers connect more with their daughters and release the stigma of what happened with you and your mother and know that you're not your mother, that you are you, right? And you can connect yes. with your daughter. It just starts with you taking the time to stop all the noise around you, quiet and begin and you can do that too by getting Sharice's 90 day guide. It will give you prompts to really start. And I feel like it, I feel like it baby steps you in. Like you're, you're mm -hmm. like starting with the baby steps and then you go and build that muscle memory. 90 days of her letting you know what to do for 90 days. You don't have to think about it for 90 days. So, um, grabbing the book. So, uh, Sharice, let's go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you. On Instagram at Growing in Love Together. It's all spelled correctly. And um, you can also go to my website at growinginlovetogether.com and sign up for my email list. I give um, an email every week on different things. And if you look me up on Facebook, I'm Sharice Freeman. And um, if you type in Growing in Love Together, I'm sure you'll find me there too. Cause I think my end, the end of my name on Facebook is Growing in Love Together. 
Okay, okay. So you can find her on Instagram at Growing in Love Together, her website at growinginlovetogether.com, and you can also find her on Facebook at Sharice Freeman. And again, mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you came on. I, I'm love, I love this conversation, and I'm glad that you decided to join us. So everybody, you know, you know, you know that you've been listening to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talked a little bit of business, a little bit of mommyhood, and we've been totally unapologetic, right? Because that's what we do here. So what I want you to do is <laughs> come on back next week, and thank you for listening. <laughs>